as he moved easily among trees and shade. Pushing through pine boughs, he continued on his errand. Bet I haven't caught a single rabbit, just like on Thursday and Saturday, too. He had to check all three of his rabbit traps and then get home to wait for this new dude to arrive. They were saying in the hills that some new kind of black fellow had come in with a little box of a tape recorder, all slicked down and dressed to kill. They were saying he was looking to put voices on the tape in his box. And now M.C. knew how he could get around his daddy and get his mama and his brothers and sister off the dangerous mountain. The idea had come to him after he heard about the dude. Two days ago, greeting the sunrise, there it began in his mind, growing and growing with each new ray of light. Dude going to make Mama a star singer like Sister Baby on the radio, M.C. thought. We'll have to travel with her. Won't that be something? But Mama is better than Sister Baby. He'll make her the best anybody ever heard. The dude had already been told about M.C.'s mother and the kind of voice she had. What if he gets to home and I'm gone? No, too early for him. He'll have to walk it, M.C. thought, probably lose himself about twice before he makes it up the mountain. M.C. lived three miles inland from the Ohio River. His rabbit traps were strung out at the edge of a plateau between Sarah's Mountain, where he lived on the outcropping, and a low hill called Kill's Mound. On the mound lived the Kilburn people, whose youngest son was the same age as M.C., M.C. smiled to himself as he moved like shadow through the damp stillness. Ben Kilburn was just his age, but only half his size. M.C. was tall, with oak-brown skin, like his mother, yet he was muscular and athletic, like his father. He had a hard strength and grace that helped make him the best swimmer ever to come out of the hills. The first time he had tried to swim the Ohio River a year and a half ago, he almost drowned. His father, finding him exhausted, vomiting on the riverbank, "'You think that river is some mud puddle you can wade right into without a thought?' And then his father beating him with his belt, "'A boat wouldn't go into that water not knowing how the currents run. Whack! I'm not saying you can't swim it. Whack! As good a swimmer as you are!' Whack! But you have to study it. You have to practice. You have to know you're ready. Whack! 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 I'll even give you a prize. Anything that won't cost me to spend some money. Wham! M.C. left the path and plunged into weeds of ginseng and wild daisy in a clearing. Standing still a moment, he searched until he spied the first trap half-hidden. Cautiously, he picked his way toward it, for he had placed the trap at the edge of a long, narrow ravine. Across the ravine was Kill's Mound, but he could hardly see it. An abundance of trees grew up from the bottom of the ravine, blocking his view. He couldn't glimpse the Kilburn land or houses and barns at all. Emsey stopped again. He gave off a soft call. Cupping his hands tightly around his lips, he pitched the call high enough 
to make it sound like a young turkey gobbling. He remembered that when he was a child out with his father, they often came upon a whole flock of wild turkeys. Now all such birds were rarely seen. M.C. listened. Deep in the ravine there came a soft, answering sound, a yelp of a hound puppy nipped on the ear by his mamma. Ben Kilburn was there, waiting, as M.C. figured he would be, and after M.C. checked his traps, he would have time to spend with Ben. Calling like birds and animals wasn't just a game they played. It was the way M.C. announced he was there without Ben's daddy and his uncles finding out. M.C. wouldn't have wanted to run into the Kilburn men any more than he would want his own father to know he was playing with Ben. Folks called the Kilburns witchy people. Some said that the Kilburn women...